And I was just so excited about the idea that, oh my God, I'm gonna have audiobooks. This is Taylor Stevens. I'm the author of the New York Times best-selling Vanessa Michael Monroe series. I am here today on this unnamed podcast. Okay, it's the Taylor Stevens show um, with my good friend Steve Campbell. But I am so excited because today we actually have our first guest, and it's not just a guest. Today we are here with. Hilary Huber, who is the narrator for the audiobooks of the Vanessa Michael Monroe series. And of all the oddities in the whole wide world, she and I have been working on these books. And we're now at five and a half books. We have never spoken. So now on this show, it's together, crazy. I get to hear her voice for the, well, like not narrator voice for the first time. And I'm so excited and I'm also very nervous. So I'm just going to throw this over to Steve and let him be the boss. And that way um, I don't goof it up. <laughs> well, Hillary, first, welcome. And thank you very much for doing this. Oh, I am so thrilled. I'm just tickled. All right. A little bit of background for listeners out there who have probably heard you narrate Taylor's books. You've narrated close to 250 audiobooks in a variety of different genres. You've won a number of awards. You've been nominated for a ton of Audi awards. You've been a finalist for those, and that's sort of like the Oscars for, for narrators. And of the three of us, I think this is fascinating, of the three of us, only one of us has a B.A. in English literature, and it's not me, and it's not Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's the girl who talks. <laughs> it's the talker. So, all right, we started off air talking, and this is, amazingly enough, the first time that you two have ever spoken. And as a listener to audiobooks, I just find that inconceivable because there are all these country names and words and things in Taylor's books that I would think you'd want to go to the author and say, What's the deal with this? How do you pronounce it? How should I pronounce it? How, how do you normally deal with authors, Hillary? And, and why have you guys never spoken? Okay, it's such a great question. Um, I always will try and get in touch with an author. I mean, what better than to have the author's input as you are, you know, taking their words off the page and, and, and putting them out into the airwaves? So it is always my first gut reaction to say, hey, can I talk to the author? Sometimes the author doesn't want to talk to a narrator. Sometimes that's not the author. That's not why we didn't talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to get to that. Sometimes the author's agent doesn't want the author to talk to the narrator. Sometimes the audiobook production company doesn't want the author to talk to the narrator. And I think that's the case in this instance. I had a. I have a producer and a director on these books, um, Tony Hutz, who is. Brilliant, and um, and I adore working with him. And he has been the liaison with Taylor. And and it, it's funny because there have been times when I said, "Well, can I, you know, I can, can I get in touch with Taylor and ask her about this?" He he also does all the research. He he finds all of the pronunciations for me, which is heaven because you got some tricky words, lady. Some <laughs> languages that are outside of my purview. Um, and so the few times I said, can I get in touch with Taylor and ask her about this? He says, no, no, I'll take care of that for you. I'll take care of that. And so he's kind of, he's kind of like been this gatekeeper that I've been frightened 
to to uh, go around. And so that's why it's never happened. And um, and it's crazy. It's just crazy. So from here on out, I mean, he'll still he'll still do what he does. But um, I, I would love you know us to collaborate too because I think it's terrific. Yeah, um, there I mean, you go. So it's different. It's different every time. I mean, we've like had tiny little emails back and forth. I love your work, that type of stuff. It's not like yeah. we were like never involved, but there was never any voice connection. Nothing, right? Nothing that you'd expect a narrator to be there. <laughs> Just yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny, but yeah. So it's different. There's sometimes I'm completely forbidden to to get in touch with a narrator. It happened on my last book. It, it was a book about the Dodgers. I'm like, can I please, it's so last minute. I'm like, I had no director looking up the names for me. I said, can I please talk to the author who's a reporter so I can get these crazy names correctly? And they said, nope, you need to send them to Simon and Schuster and we will take care of it. I was like, Whoa. wow. All right, whatever. So anyway. So when you get that, when you get that, do you think to yourself, boy, this author's just a pompous jerk off in her little office in, in Texas, not not talking no, to anybody? not at all. I think I, can, I will always blame either the agent or the publisher before I'll ever blame the author. Because Whee! I can't fathom an author not wanting to talk to their narrator. I really can't. But because those are the, 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 the producers are the people who hire me, and that, you know, the um, publishers, I play by their rules. So if I've sort of not been not been encouraged to reach out to the narrator, I won't do it because I don't want to make them angry. You know, but I never think it's the, I never think it's the author. I think if anything, it would go the other way around that a narrator would be more hesitant to talk to the author than the author to the narrator because there are times when the the author can get a little micromanagey and I understand that. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. 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 No, that's, it's a, it's a, that can be scary. In fact, I did one book a while ago where the, the producer called me and said, listen, this, this author really wanted to read her own book and we let her audition and she was awful. (laughs) <laughs> and he said, he said, because you, you like to talk to narrators so much, I really want you to do it because I know you'll be able to talk her off the ledge. And I was like, great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But we ended up having a, we, we ended up having a great relationship. Taylor threw some potential questions out to me uh, a few days ago. And one of them was that she was at uh, BoucherCon last year and there was some discussion about how narrators have their own fans uh, as authors, especially authors with kind of big heads like Taylor. I mean, they think it's all about them. <laughs> no, okay. So what happened was I ended up in this, um, it was like a, a little bit of a separate panel and it was a panel specifically for narrators of audiobooks. And up until that point, I hadn't really had a lot of experience with the audio side of the, the book world. And so listening to these panelists, I learned that there are some of them that have these crazy fans who will, whatever this narrator reads, those fans will go out and find the book and listen to it because they're so enamored with the narrator and the narrator's voice. And so I was like, I wonder if Hillary has fans like that. I do, actually. And you want to know where most of them come from? Most of them come from the, the paranormal world. They're the most rabid fans of all. So, the, you know, I've, I've done, believe me, my fair share of, uh, of vampire porn, <laughs> vampire books. Um, I like to call it vampire porn because, frankly, it is. And, um, and, and those fans are rabid. So 
they yeah they they'll listen to pretty much anything I narrate within that genre. I think romance has a really big following, also narrator following. Um, and then there are a couple real sort of rock star narrators who anybody will listen. There there are fans who will listen to anything they do. I'm not sure I fall into that category. And then will they like only listen to books that you read in that genre oh, or they'll just specifically no. seek out the ones that you're reading? Yeah, no, I think they'll specifically seek those out. They'll get, they'll get, they'll be stoked when they see another one is coming. Um, but no, I think they listen to, I mean, I want to hope, gosh, I haven't done that many. I want to hope that they listen to all kinds of narrators, you know? And so I was wondering about the reverse of that too. Cause like I have, you know, it's it's a it's a slightly different thing being the writer of the book versus being the narrator of the book. And I know that some of the stuff that I've written, people have abhorred it so much that they will never read anything that I write. It doesn't matter what genre it is because they just don't like me as an author. Have you come across that too as a narrator? Like, I don't care what book she's reading, I'm not going to listen to it because I don't like her as a narrator. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, there is not. <laughs> I don't know one narrator who hasn't. I mean, you know what? I think one of the worst things as a, an artist can do is 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 read reviews on Amazon and Audible. I oh, mean, good Goodreads is people, well, for us for for authors. It's Goodreads is way worse. Oh, Goodreads. Okay. Yes, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's our we have, that's our black hole that you don't go to. Right. Well, we have we have Audible, which is ours, and then there's Amazon, which is the sort of you know. Although Amazon owns Audible, um, but yeah, so it's that. I mean, these people are I, I, they're real quick to press one star, and they're not real quick to press five. And I I kind of feel like the it it it's the extremes who will write a review. You'll write a review if you really thought it was the best thing ever, and you'll write a review if you thought it was the worst thing ever. But sort of the fair people who are like intelligent aren't wasting their time writing reviews. You know what I mean? So no, I have gotten you. I, I often thought it would be funny to go through and compile some of the things that have been said about me. My witchy voice, my witchy gravelly <laughs> voice, um, my nasally voice, uh, my disinterested flat voice. I, I, and then for the same titles where other people are like, Oh my God, I love her voice. So, yeah. Because I've seen, like, um, in some reviews of the written work, sometimes audio reviews will get slipped in there. And they'll, you'll, you'll see both. You'll see people, like, say, oh, I might have enjoyed this book, but I couldn't stand the narrator. And then you see yeah, people who yeah. say, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed this book if it wasn't for the narrator. And, and That's I always exactly think, why we shouldn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think it's so fascinating because, like, when you're an author and people are reading your words on the page, it's you and them. And there's nothing in between. So there's no, there, there's not a, you're not being judged by anything else but how they're connecting and whether or not they get your words. But with the, with the narrator, you, you don't have that luxury because you're reading somebody else's words. So not only are you being judged by your voice, you're being judged by the material that you're reading, too. And it just seems to me that's not fair to you. Well, you know, I mean, that's and I, I, I will keep drum beating this. It's the reason why I, I, I always encourage. I mean, I teach narration. So I always encourage students not to read those audible reviews because they're not professional reviewers. And they will often 
mistake a bad book for a bad performance right. and vice versa. Right. And a true a true critic is able to differentiate between the two of them. You know, I can take I can take a so-so book and I can make it better than it is. I really can. I I can't make a so-so book great, but I think that I can make it better. Uh, conversely, I could theoretically, I hope I've never done this, take a great book and make it so-so. You know? So we definitely we definitely can alter how the material is is perceived by the listener. Um, I want to think that I always, I mean, I definitely always strive to make it better if I can. Um, But, you know, there's only so much you can do if you're given really crummy writing. But when I'm given writing like yours, I don't have to do much of anything because it's so good the way it is. I just, my job is to get out of your way. And that is what I... I try to do with your work. It's so good. It's so um, intelligent and thought-provoking and exciting and deep and emotional um, in such a taut way. I just want to get out of the way. I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about my voice. I want it to be about the story. Uh, Thank you. I mean, not for getting out of the way, but thank you for all those really nice things that you just said. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, God, that's true. All right, let me throw out a, a couple of technical questions here. An author spends a certain amount of time writing a book, and then it's sent to the publisher, and it comes back, and there are changes, and then it goes back, and then it comes back, and it's, you know, back and forth. What's the process like for the narrator? What, what do you do, like, step by step uh, from the point where you receive the manuscript and, until the finished product goes off? hmm Okay. So I receive the manuscript, and, and I read it. Um, and I take copious notes on um, every character who shows up and any kind of description about them that I can discern, whether it's written in the the text or if it's the way another character alludes to them or describes them, so so I can get an idea of who they are and what they sound like, and, um, and I write and I compile a list of all the words I don't know how to say. Um, so that's the research, and I just try to absorb the story and figure out what the arc of the story is, and if there's a red herring, how I can play with the red herring a little bit. And then I either, you know, I do all the research, find out how to say all the words, and then I, I either record in my own studio, which is where I do probably 90% of my work out of my own studio, where I am right now, in fact. Um, I, I record, you know, for anywhere from... 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., six hours a day or so, with a couple breaks here and there. Or I go to another studio, which is what I do um, with Taylor's books, where I have a director which um, who sits with me and directs me and does all the engineering stuff, and, and, and that's heaven. It's heaven when you get to have that. Um, it's so nice to have another pair of ears, and it's not just the sound of one hand clapping. Um, have somebody else listening and helping you out a little bit. So when the recording is done, the book gets sent to a, a QCer, a quality control person, who will listen to it and read along with the text and find any errors that we made. And believe me, I always make errors. <laughs> um, even if there's another set of eyes on the text, Tony and I always will have a few. Not many with him because he's so professional. 
Um, but we always get errors. And so they will send those back to me, and I'll, they'll usually send me a little snippet of the what I said wrong so I can hear the timbre of my voice during that section. Um, and they'll say, you know, you said this, you should have said that. And I'll re-record that sentence, and then it goes to the editor who edits in the corrections and, and makes it all sound beautiful and perfect, takes out, you know, grumbly tummy noises and hitchy breath sounds. Um, and then it gets put out under the airwaves, and that's it. And then I sit back and wait for some kind of nice review or prize to come my way. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's, the, what's the time frame for all of that? Um, it really varies. Like a, an, an average novel is about 300 pages, and that an average 300-page novel will time out to about 10 hours. These are serious averages, depending on how purpley the language is. Um, so that's about 10 hours of finished audio. It usually takes about two hours to get one hour if you, you know, count in your breaks and i got to go get more tea and things like that. So it takes about 20 hours to record. So it usually takes me about a week to do four days or so to do a, you know, a 10-hour book. I think Tony and I usually spend about four days. On, on most of yours. Okay. This is, we're recording this on the 26th. It's going to go live on the 30th, which is release day for the book. Um, it's, Woo-hoo! it's, yes. It's also, <laughs> so I have pre ordered the book. I've pre ordered the audio book, um, which, and I love it when I get that little email from Audible that says your pre ordered audio book is now ready. And I think that comes at like 12.01, as, as though I'm going to be up that late. Uh, just ready, ready to listen. <laughs> but of course you are, Steve. You're waiting for my book to show up in your email box. <laughs> and, and Hillary's voice to read it. <laughs> Together we make a one-two punch. You know, it is amazing. As someone who's listened to all the books, and I listen to a lot of audio books, there is a, I don't know, there, there's, there's an odd relationship in the listener's mind between the characters and the narrator, where in, in my mind, Hillary, you are the voice of Vanessa Michael Monroe. And yeah. uh, if they ever decided, oh, you know, we want somebody else to do this, it's like, well, I'm not listening anymore. I'll just read them. I heard, uh, I've yeah, heard no. that narrators get lots of complaints about that. Like if, if they take up a series that somebody else has been doing before, yeah, it's a real drag when that happens. And the, the reason, I mean, there's, a, there's multiple reasons for why something like that will happen. It, it happened to me once where um, the series, the, the author switched publishers. And, you know, in the middle of this series. And the publishers hired, it wasn't a very, it's a paranormal, it wasn't a very, a, you know, big release series anyway. The publisher hired a different audiobook um, producer to start producing from there on out, and they they wanted to pay me half my rate. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. So they got somebody else to narrate the, um, the next two books. And then they went back to their previous publisher, and they hired me again after to pick up on, like, the fifth book or something. It was crazy. But fans who are listening to series, they hate it when that happens. It's awful. You know, you get used to one voice, and then it's like when it's like when the new Darren came on to Bewitched. You know, you're like, wait a minute. 
Who are you? You're not Darren. <laughs> I can assure you that Taylor will not get that reference. No, I know. I, I knew it. When I, I knew it, it was coming out of my mouth. I no, when I was really young, I did actually love that show during like when I was like I think nine or so. I actually um I'm always coming up with these crazy stories, but we were living in this house that had two two TVs and not one of them worked. One only got sound and one only got picture. And as a nine-year-old I or a 10-year-old, I figured out how to hook them up together so that they were both getting the same thing and you could just turn the channels, knobs on both TVs at the same time. But I did that so that I could watch Bewitched. But it was so long ago and I didn't see that many of the shows that like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> But people who listen to, to audiobooks will will totally get it because yeah, it, it's just awful when when that happens. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you know we we get used to not only you being the voice of Monroe, but of Miles Bradford and and of all the characters. And the amazing thing is that even though we might not see Miles Bradford in a book, when he's back in the next book, he sounds exactly the same. And I, I have no idea how how you guys do that. Uh, we keep files. Thank you very much. <laughs> what we've done. <laughs> <laughs> There's Smart. no hocus pocus mumbo jumbo magic involved. I keep little sound snippets um, of anything that I uh, I think will be a series, so I can go back and listen again. That's very smart. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. The last thing I want to do is listen to myself reading an audiobook. So it, if if I didn't keep little snippets. I'd have to go back and, and listen to me and hear those voices again. And no, that is I get so enough, funny. I get enough it, of me. No, that is so funny that you say that because in a not too long ago, Steve and I were just talking about that too, about how I refuse to read my own work. I, I can't yeah. stand reading my own work, which is why I've never listened to one of my audiobooks. I've I've listened to like the first. 15 or 20 seconds to get a feel for your voice. And I had to turn it off because it was my words being read back to me. I couldn't handle it. So I just thought, I'm like, Oh my God, we're the same. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I've done it. I'm done. Done. Because then you go, you'll go back and be, I'll be like, Oh God, I should have done that. Oh, why didn't I do that? Ugh. I guess yeah. too late then. Yeah, totally. Totally. Now, Hillary is, is Taylor an anomaly with this or do most authors n- not listen? Gosh, you know what? I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, every now and then I'll get an author who will, who will. Uh, you know, I don't know which authors don't listen because they generally don't say. You know, they're not contacting me and telling me I didn't listen to my audiobook. The only <laughs> emails, right? The only yeah. emails I get are from authors who say, "Wow, I listened to my audiobook and I and I love it. You brought it to life." So that's. I guess that's kind of a bonus, you know. So and I, there aren't. There aren't that many who've really done that, to be honest. There's a, a handful who have who have really expressed their delight. Um, and there was one who expressed her horror over what I did with her book, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. And so that was one where I got taken off the series. Yeah, she didn't like what I did. Um, that doesn't happen too much. Taylor, I hope we're not taking Hillary off this series. No, no, I, I love her. Oh, and in fact, and in so. fact, it was really funny. Like when I when the series first published, and um, I got an email from I think it was Tony. I, I believe it was Tony saying, "Well, we're going to be the ones producing your books, and uh, we've chosen Hillary 
to, to read your books. Let us know if you approve this or if there's somebody else that you have in mind. And I was just so excited about the idea that, oh my God, I'm going to have audiobooks. And then it was like, well, why would they ask me if I had somebody else in mind? Like, how would I even know? So, you know, I was like, okay, this is the person who's going to be reading my, my books. So I went and I found her website and I clicked on the little sound samples of things that she'd already done. And I was like, this is the person who's going to be reading my books. But <laughs> I, I, I don't so understand cool. why they would even ask me, you know, who do you think should do this? And then um, when the second book came out, I think they came back to me and said, well, we are going to keep going with Hillary unless you have any objections. And I'm thinking, why would you want to change? I don't understand why they're asking me these things. <laughs> That's <laughs> That so was weird. my experience. But... Isn't that funny? I mean, they, you know, when I first started doing this about 10 years ago, <clears throat> there was very little author involvement and author say in who read and who, who narrated the books. And because I think that the audiobooks just weren't nearly as popular then. And when an author sold their, sold their rights, they sold the audio rights as well and had, and therefore relinquished any control. But now yeah. that audiobooks are becoming so popular, um, a lot of authors are, are maintaining control over the audio rights. And so thought, they get involved. They get involved in the process. So I, my, I never my, used to have to audition, and now I do. My experience, um, and granted, I am, as I like to say to Steve, I'm a data point of one. But my experience is that, especially with the big publishers, they tend to, it's automatically expected now that the audio rights are going to be wrapped up in the contract. Like, it's very, yeah. very difficult to get that excluded. But what I've seen is that... And, and I could be projecting or imagining this, but it seems to me that with uh, self-publishing becoming a bigger and bigger deal, um, a few editors, some people within publishing are becoming a little more sensitive to the fact that authors have choices. And so they try and be a yeah. little more collaborative and, and, you know, well, what do you think about this? And a lot of agents also will find ways to make sure that authors get say-so. Like now that it's more and more important, that say-so of input gets included into the contracts as well. And I, that couldn't be more justified. It really couldn't. It should absolutely happen that way. You should have some say over what happens. It's your words. It's your. Oh story. yeah, for sure. I was I just. Mean, I was such a newbie at the beginning that I didn't really understand how anything worked, and yeah. so it was all just like, well, why are they asking me this? I don't know anything. Well, Hillary, this has been great, and I, I know we promised that we wouldn't keep you as long as we've already kept you. Uh, so we appreciate your time very much. I love it. I got all my work done. I'm like, now I'm free to chitty chat. <laughs> and I hope someday you're going to get sent, you know, around on book tours and we can actually meet me. I should go to one of those conferences. Yeah, I you love should. It there were audiobook people at your conference. Yeah, you'd have a lot of fun, I think. All right, so it's release day for The Mask. It's, it's out in audio. It's out in hardcover. It's out in digital. You can buy it anywhere. But, but Taylor, you are going to be in Dallas tonight on June 30th uh, at a book signing or outside of Dallas. So tell listeners where that is in, in case they listen on the 30th. You can find me at the Stonebriar Mall in Frisco, Texas. There's a Barnes & Noble there. The event is starting at 7 o'clock. It's where I've done book launches um, ever since uh, The Innocent, I believe. And I'm very excited about it. So if you are listening to this on the 30th and you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please come see me because I'd love to hang out with you. And if you're going to be in New York around the 11th of 
July, you could also see Taylor there at the Mysterious hey, Bookshop. guess what? 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 I am going to be in New York on the 11th of July. Are you going for Thriller Fest? I'm, I'm going to New York for the summer. Really? I am coming to see wherever you are now. Yeah. Okay, so it's... There we, this is so awesome. So if you're listening to this, you're going to get a two for one. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> at the Mysterious Bookshop. It's uh, July 11th, which is a Saturday. It is not a formal event. I'm going there to sign stock, and I'll be there at the store at 5 o'clock. And the store has been wonderful enough to open its doors to me and to any of uh, my fans or Hillary's fans now uh, who are in the area who want to come sit you know, come by just to chit chat or to get stuff signed. And I will stay there until either there's nobody left or the store closes, whichever comes first. That is going to be fun. All right, Hillary, once again, thanks for being with us today. This has been an absolute delight. It's been a, a treat for me oh. and it's been so exciting to listen to you guys finally get to talk. Yes, it's been so much I'm fun. I'm so excited. I love it. Yay. I'm excited for the launch. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for, for supporting this series and um, hope to see you again or hear you again or be in your ear again next week. Thanks, everybody. All right, this is Steve. We got so excited talking with Hillary that we forgot to even mention her website, which is HillaryHuber.com. And I have to say, Hillary has a fantastic website. She built it herself. It's uh, an exercise in minimalistic chic, I think. So check out her website, HillaryHuber.com. There are lots of sound clips there, including a sound clip from The Informationist. She does such a phenomenal job narrating Taylor's books, and I can't wait to start listening to The Mask. Uh, beginning Tuesday morning. Thanks, everybody, for listening.